Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. Thank you for joining me wherever you are joining me. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, but whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. And if you're joining me on the YouTube channel, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. Um, It's a dark day in football right now. Like, it's a... I mean, it's it's an awful day in football right now because what we've seen this offseason points to a change in the dynamic of how we as fans, as media, constantly do the job of the team for them these teams these these teams and the media entities that that cover these teams spend so much time extolling the greatness of the running back until it's time to pay him. And then when it's time to pay the running back, they start to pull up past. They start to pull up past things that have nothing to do with that particular running back, but they hold as precedent. Now, this is not abnormal. In in law, precedent is is how a lot of things get settled, right? It, this is a precedent. We've seen this happen before, and because we've seen it happen before, this marks how everything else should go. Let me ask you a, a, a question. Is the contract of Christian McCaffrey bad because he wasn't worth the money? Is it bad because he got hurt? Because right now, as a San Francisco 49er, that contract that he signed looks pretty good to them. If he stays healthy in an offense that leans into the running back, what difference does it make for the 49ers to have an elite level running back when they've just had dudes. They've been pulling dudes off the street. They've been pulling dudes and they've had success. What's the difference when you give that imaginative offense an elite level rusher where you don't have to use your wide receiver as a rusher because he might be the best option. Now we know Debo Samuel's not the best option. It's Christian McCaffrey. Let's use Debo Samuel as a wide receiver and a guy who can come in jet motions and all other stuff like that. How much better can that offense become now that you have a Christian McCaffrey in the fold as opposed to all the other running backs? And no, no, no disrespect to those guys, but they're not Christian McCaffrey. There's no disrespect to them guys. They're just not him. 
So I want to try to 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 have a little levity with this because this is very upsetting to me. And I never played running back. It's very upsetting to me because I have been around football my entire life. I've seen football played at a high level. I know the inherent value of a running back, a good one, a great one, a transcendent one. I know that that value doesn't always show up on the stat sheet. I also know that part of this is the player's fault. Part of this is the player's fault. So I want to go through it all, right? I want to start here. This is where the players screw up at. Number one, the last collective bargaining agreement. I'm under the impression that they bargained away getting rid of the franchise tag in lieu of in lieu of getting marijuana testing taken out of the NFL. My question goes, why did you settle for one or the other? It was ridiculous to have marijuana. They the NFL ruined a player's life because of marijuana. They ruined his life. As far as we knew, Josh Gordon never had any other issues except for the fact that he smoked marijuana. It wasn't until he started getting suspended for smoking marijuana that we saw the other things come into play, the alcohol come into play. Oh, well, I can't. Alcohol is not illegal, so I guess I'll drink more alcohol instead of smoke weed. The NFL is as is as responsible for players' careers being ruined as our legal system is for people's lives being ruined because of marijuana. That's one. So the collective bargaining agreement where they chose to get marijuana out of there but said as a bargaining chip will keep you on track with this franchise tag, which is the stupidest thing in the world, because the only person that the franchise tag actually helps is a quarterback. doesn't help any other position. It's under the value for every other position. Why? Because the money's in the long term for every other position except quarterback. So now we have that. The players caved because the players always cave because they're afraid to go without money because they don't know how else to make money. Unfortunately for them, they play a sport where your face is covered, and unless you're the quarterback and you're getting a bunch of airtime, you're probably not getting a lot of endorsement deals to be able to supplement what you make with with money that comes from outside of the game. People are not willing to do what the Pouncey brothers wanted to do. Everybody just everybody just clowned them. Oh, well, you, you want to borrow money from the Pounceys? Like loan sharks. No. They had an idea. They had a rhythm. Nobody wanted to roll with them. So now we're sitting back, and we're going, part of this is the player's fault. right? Part of this is inherent because players didn't want to stand up for their rights. And as a result, 
those same players years ago decided we want to have a rookie wage scale. Why? Because we want to limit what the rookies make so that we can keep veterans around longer. You know what the owner said? That's a great idea. Yeah, y'all should do that. We should have a rookie wage scale. And guess what we're still not going to do? We're still not going to keep your veterans around. You know why? Because now we can get the rookies even cheaper. And it doesn't hurt us to waste a draft pick on the rookie and them not be good. We just can go right back in again because it's not $70 million that we're contributing to a first a first round draft pick, number one overall pick. It's $35 million. That's way different. And because the players caved on that, because the players union, the NFLPA, the weakest union of all unions, sorry, NFL, you're the strongest dudes, you're the weakest, you're the weakest union. Sorry, it is what it is. Because they did that, that set up what we have now. And so now what we get is this, this notion that running backs are not valuable. And my question then goes, well, if they're not valuable, why do you keep putting them on the field? I'm not being, I'm not joking. I'm not, if the, if the, if the, the way of the future, if the wave of the future is the short passing game, and yes, I'm drinking. That's how, that's how crazy I feel about this. I am drinking. If the wave of the future is the short, quick passing game as the run, if the wave is, we're going to do short passing games as the run. If there is no value in play action passing, it doesn't matter how good the run game is. The play action is going to work regardless. These are what all the statisticians will tell you, right? The pass is the short pass is better than the, than the run. That the play action is not made better when your running game is good. Why are the running backs on the field? Why are offenses not going empty? And putting five receivers or four receivers and a tight end on the field at all times. Why is that not happening? Why do we not see more empty? Why have we not seen an uptick in empty formations with no running backs? The only place that we see zero running backs getting pushed is fantasy football. It's only fantasy football honks, which I'm one of. Shout out to the athletic. We only see fantasy football honks go, oh, don't even draft a, a, a running back. Go zero running backs until they need a running back. And then there's, they're, they're scouring the waiver wires to find a jewel, to find a gym, to find a rose in the concrete. You didn't need to do that. You could have just taken a real legitimate running back. I'm going to draft zero running backs. And then I'm going to go and, and make trades and get a legit running back from a team that's already out of it. Well, you kind of like still needed that, that legitimate running back, right? I digress. If running backs are so insignificant to the game, then why are they so effective? 
if running backs are so insignificant to the game, then why does it then why does the running game still work? Is it because of the passing game? Okay, cool. If it's because of the passing game, then doesn't it make sense to have a high-level guy there as a running back that can turn that five-yard gain into a 12-yard gain or that 12-yard gain into a 35-yard gain? Or you just want the basic run-of-the-mill guy? Oh, well, we don't need that explosive guy, that home run hitter guy, that special guy, because the 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 production above replacement isn't that high. So yeah, running back A is elite, but running back B is just good and we don't have to pay him elite money and so we and so we will just pay him this and we'll have this guy. The self-fulfilling prophecy of running back, right? The self-fulfilling prophecy of saying that running backs are not worth dot, dot, dot. If I say a running back is not worth the first round pick, then all of the running backs that I used to take in the first round now drop to the second and third round. When that happens, you can't say, oh, see what I'm telling you? This guy was a second round pick. This guy was a third. No, they would have been first round picks if you did not devalue the position if we said hey quarterback shouldn't be taken in the first round because for the most part most of them don't live up to expectations meaning most of the high level quarterbacks taken never win a championship and yet we continue to waste draft pick after draft pick after draft pick after draft pick on quarterbacks. Draft pick after draft pick after draft pick, we waste on quarterbacks. There's only 30, there's only 32 teams in the league, and yet every year we've got four to five quarterbacks going in the draft. You're telling me that with all this money these these quarterbacks are making out here, none of them are winning championships? It took took a quarterback that was supposed to be a can't-miss, sure-shot, Hall of Fame caliber, big arm, all of the tools, Matt Stafford. It took him double-digit years and getting traded to a team that was already a, a an NFL Super Bowl contender without him. They had already made it to the Super Bowl without him. They traded that quarterback that made it to the Super Bowl for him. Then they mortgaged their entire future to put every single thing around this dude in order for him to be successful. And he went out there in the the Super Bowl and played eh. And if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for the defense coming alive and shutting down and shutting down the Bengals, they don't win a championship. And all of a sudden you waste it. 
all of that money and all of those picks on a guy who couldn't get you the championship by putting the team on his back as a quarterback. Ladies and gentlemen, there's only a handful of guys who have ever, as a quarterback, been able to put the team on their back and lead them to a Super Bowl. Right now, there's only one in this league. Right now, there's only one. His name is Patrick Mahomes. The rest of those dudes are severely overpaid. Why? Because by themselves, they have not proven that they could win a championship, except when we're talking about quarterbacks, we don't bring in the fact that they haven't won a championship. We, we, we conveniently forget about the fact of their records. We don't bring in, we, we, we give them excuses by saying, oh, well, they need pieces around them. But when it's the quarterback, we don't, when it's the running back, excuse me, we don't make any of those excuses. When it's the running back, we say, well, he hasn't equated to wins. For as talented as he is, it has not equated to wins. To that I say, for as talented as he is, all of the wins that they have, they're because of him. So now this offseason, we've had to listen to trade rumors for Derrick Henry the best running back in the league, the guy who's been the best running back in the league since he's taken the starting spot away from another good running back. We've had to listen to trade rumors, a team whose quarterback is eh, who doesn't have a ton of weapons around, whose defense is decent but not great. They're going to trade the best player on their team? G-T-F-O-H. We had to listen to that. We had to, we had to watch as Josh Jacobs put up an historic year. Josh Jacobs, who's not old, who's not broken down, had to, had to do what? Acquiesce to play for what? Is Josh Jacobs resetting the running back market? No. Nobody, they don't want to pay Josh Jacobs. They don't want to pay Josh Jacobs. We had to watch as Tony Pollard gets the franchise tag and doesn't get anything else. This is after the Cowboys part ways with Ezekiel Elliott. You parted ways with Ezekiel Elliott because you said we've got Tony Pollard and then you don't want to pay Tony Pollard. So now Tony Pollard has to play on the franchise tag? even though you're about to run his ass into the ground? You've got running backs changing spots. Detroit decided that their their running back, who when you look at his numbers, says when you give him the ball, he makes something happen explosive. They traded him to Philly. Philly let their running back go to Carolina. We already talked about what Carolina did when they sent their franchise running back away. And then we get to Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, who came in 
with no help because when he came to the Giants, he had the skeleton of Eli Manning. Then, just like for the quarterback that everybody's made the, made the excuses for, he had to endure various head coaches, various offensive coordinators, an offensive line that has not been good. He had to endure all of that, except, except he doesn't get to throw the ball away when he's got two to three people on him. He had to suffer through a season-ending injury at the beginning of the year, came back, and then suffered through more injuries because he probably came back too fast from that season in the injury. Why? Because he knows as a running back, he has to show his value or else they get him out of there. And then in his prove-it year, in his prove-it year, he goes out and he's one of the top five running backs in the league. And he is the catalyst for success on a Giants team that has been abysmal for as long as I've been covering the Giants and longer. A Giants team that outside of two magical seasons has not been consistently good. A Giants team that has been looking for consistent quarterback play even throughout the Eli Manning regime. Through the times that Eli Manning was in a Giants uniform, you cannot point to me two consistent seasons in a row for Eli Manning. You can't even point to it. If you try, you're going to look foolish. We don't even have to go to like anything heavy. We could just look at the regular stats. Don't bring in the, oh, he didn't have, or oh, he didn't have, or oh, this person. Nope. It was on him. And then Eli reincarnated. Eli reincarnated in Danny Dimes. Comes out and for the first three years of his career, he is bad. His the, the, the third year of his career, he's downright putrid. They don't pick up his, his fifth-year option. Why should they? He comes out and has a decent season, not a great season, not a phenomenal season, a decent season. And all he has to do, all he has to do is hold out long enough to make them franchise him. There's a lot of people out here, and, I, and, and again, Giants fans, I love you. To my Giants fans that I adore, this is not hate on, on him. I'm just telling you how this worked. I'm not blaming him for it, for it. I'm saying that if players talk and you guys know that this is it's a quarterback league, the quarterback has the power to change the dynamic. So if Daniel Jones waits, and doesn't get a and, and, and refuses to get the deal done when he does, they have to franchise Daniel Jones. And once they franchise Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley gets to hit the free agency as an unrestricted free agent. Now, a lot of you have said, well, you know, Saquon Barkley, no other team wanted to pay him. Do you know the price tag? that comes with the Saquon Barkley as a protected 
um, excuse me, as a um, as a as a franchise, a, a non-exclusive franchise tag. If somebody comes and offers Saquon Barkley money, the Giants can match. But if the Giants don't match, they get heavily compensated. I'm talking first round draft picks. So if I'm trying to improve my team by bringing in an elite running back, what good does it do me to then give away the draft picks that I'm going to be able to supplement my elite running back with? These teams know that the Giants are just trying to let somebody else set the market, so they say, no, thank you. But it looks like there's no market for Saquon. You can't honestly tell me that if Saquon Barkley at 26 years old is on the open market after the season that he had, that he would not have had suitors. Why do we know that? Because Philly just traded for a guy to be a running back. You don't think that Philly might have brought in Saquon Barkley? You don't think that Dallas had just cut Ezekiel Elliott would have tried to bring in Saquon Barkley? You don't think they believe that Saquon Barkley is an upgrade over what they had? Of course they do. But they know that this is nothing but a ploy from the from the Giants to, to, to get a lot for a guy that they weren't trying to sign or to watch somebody else give him a contract so they could go, oh, we'll match that. And on cue, like on cue, excuse me, on cue, we all of a sudden started to see the temperature change around the feelings on Saquon. Guys like the entertainer who claimed to be the biggest Saquon Barkley fan in the world decided that he was expendable. You know why? And I'm not mad at you, the entertainer. I, I think that you are very entertaining. I think that you make some good points. I think you make some crazy points too. But you know why I'm not mad at him? Because he's a Giants fan. He's not a Saquon Barkley fan. He doesn't give a damn about Saquon Barkley. He cares about the Giants. And in his mind, if the Giants say, we're not going to pay Saquon, then they must be right. Because the alternative is to call out your team for not doing the right thing. And for the most part, if you're in the if you're in the content creating business, going against the team of your fan base that all patronizes your content is probably not the greatest way to run the numbers up. Which is why he went from Daniel Jones has to do something spectacular to 15 touchdowns passing and seven touchdowns running was good enough for him to, to, uh, to be rewarded with this contract that he got. But Saquon can't get $15 million a year? Oh, well, it's the years. It's the years. Well, I'm sorry, but they have ways of combating that. See, here's the problem. Because the way that these teams combat that is usually to stack the back of the contract with a bunch of money. 
That's why the Giants are in this predicament right now where they don't have any money because they've been stacking money on the back end of contracts and now the bills come due. And now this, now this regime is trying to clean up the books. And in the meanwhile, they want you to be okay with them not paying Saquon. They want you to go, well, they offered Saquon $22 million guaranteed. So who are we to tell Saquon Barkley what he's worth to the team that rode his back to nine wins? You don't believe me? Go look at the games where Saquon Barkley got off at. When Saquon Barkley was a successful rusher, look at how many games they won. Then look at all of the games where Saquon Barkley was not a successful rusher and look at and look at the look at how many games they won in those games. Go to the playoffs and look at what Saquon Barkley did against a terrible defense in the Vikings and watch everybody point to Daniel Jones. Meanwhile, look what Saquon Barkley did versus Philly the next week and then look what Saquon I mean and then look what Daniel Jones did. And tell me that nine carries or whatever it was for Saquon Barkley was good enough when then we saw in the Super Bowl the Kansas City Chiefs with the best quarterback on the planet. Bar none, he's one. Everybody else is somewhere not to. With the best quarterback on the planet, and they gave Pachenko the ball 18, 19 times, 21 times? Isaiah Pacheco. Nobody's going to tell you Isaiah Pacheco is a better running back than Saquon Barkley. And yet, the Kansas City Chiefs, who supposedly has a better offensive line, supposedly, supposedly, they gave the ball to him all those times. You know why? Because they saw something in Philly that said, hey, let's run at these dudes. And that's with a quarterback with a bum ankle. I'm not blaming Daniel Jones. But when you say the stuff about Saquon Barkley that you say out there, you people, you make me have no other choice but to mention that you said none of these things when it came time to pay Daniel Jones $40-plus plus million You didn't say, well, look at his career, his career wins and losses. You couldn't say, oh, well, for all of his brilliance, it hasn't equated into wins and losses because he had no brilliance until this past year. And this past year, the only thing you can legitimately point at is one drive versus Green Bay where he drove the ball down on a Green Bay team that had already given up on itself. They knew their quarterback was out of there, and they weren't playing for Dick. They weren't playing for anything, and yet that's the drive. That that erases three and a half years of, of, of mediocrity. Excuse me, not even mediocrity. That erases three years of subpar performance and one, one half a season of mediocrity. 
Now all of a sudden he's elite. Now all of a sudden rushing numbers matter. Now all of a sudden you've convinced yourself that if I put the backup quarterback in who had a better season than that with less talent on a team that was actively trying to tank, he couldn't do the same thing if he stayed healthy. You mention you mention injuries for Saquon Barkley, but you don't mention injuries for Daniel Jones. You can't you can't you can't talk about Saquon's running style because th- this past year he showed more power than he showed in the last three years. I heard somebody try to give a reasoning for Saquon not making money is because he didn't block well as a rookie. That was the same year this man put up over 2,000 total yards and carried the ball 350 times. Excuse me, not carried. Touched the ball 350 times. And they were worried about him blocking. Y'all see what I mean? Y'all see the double standard? I'm going to leave you with this. There's a lot of Giants fans out there who believe that Saquon is, oh, well, he's going to play under the state, under franchise tag. He's still a part of this team. And my question is to, to you, why? Why do you believe he has to play? Oh, well, he doesn't want to lose out on this $10 million. He's made 30-something million dollars in his career. This past year, this past year, which was his fifth year or his, yeah, it was his fifth year, he made most of his money. So it's not like he tricked off the money, all of that money that he made this year, this past year was his largest hit against the salary cap. Because in the fifth year, you have to pay them the average of the tops in their league. So he made a ton of money this year. You're telling me that he couldn't just say, you know what? I'm going to sit and wait. Doesn't matter if you guys have success. It doesn't matter if you have success without me. I'm going to wait. And with seven, eight games to go, I'll come into into camp. Because I only need six games. Six, to accrue enough time so that my year counts. And in those six years, in those six games, I'll probably make a couple million dollars, right? Two, three million dollars. Cool, right? But when I get there, I'm not playing. You know why? Because as soon as I go on the field, I'm going to pull up on a hamstring. You know why? Because I've been out and I'm not in optimal shape. And I tweak the hamstring. So I'm not going to play. And I'm not going to play this entire season. But my season will still count. And now next year, you got to franchise tag me again or you got to let me walk. And it doesn't matter if I don't get that type of money on the free agent market. It doesn't matter if I don't get $15 million from another team. You know why? Because if I'm going to make less money, I might as well make less money 
playing for a contender, a team that's going to have a chance to win a Super Bowl, not a team that's just fighting to make a playoffs, not a team that's just happy to be relevant. That's not, that's not inspiring. That's not what makes transcendent players, players who are really good, that's not what makes them want to play on subpar contracts. You know why Kansas City can afford to not invest in an elite-level running back? Because they have an elite-level quarterback. Does the Giants have an elite-level quarterback? Or do they just have a decent quarterback? And if you just have a decent quarterback, why are you paying decent quarterbacks elite-level money and then saying out of your mouth, well, we can't pay a running back that's elite-level because we need that money to put other pieces around this mediocre quarterback. There's not one wide receiver in the wide receiver group that's an elite-level receiver. I'm not dissing them. I was one of the only people out here defending Slayton when you guys wanted to wanted to get him out of there. I was the one saying, hey, listen, give him the shot. I was a little bit skeptical on the way he was performing in training camp. I thought that that might be enough to get him out of there, but I didn't agree. When he came back into the graces and he balled out, I was I was the first person like, yo, give him his props. Even after the even after the season he had, people were like, well, if he asked for too much, let him walk. Like where like why can't your loyalty be to players and to teams? Because the players are going to be the ones that make you happy to watch the team. You ran off OBJ. I don't care what anybody else says. If you look at the media and what the media was saying and the the way in which it was handled, you ran them off. You ran off Geno Smith. Oh, well, Geno Smith wasn't really good. Hey, go check the stats of that one game that he got. Wasn't a bad game. You didn't even give him a second one. You know why? Because y'all were all mad that McAdoo benched Eli Manning, who was not good at that point, for Geno Smith to see what they had in Geno. And if you would just shut up and let Geno play, he would have showed that he could be a guy with given the opportunity, he could do some things. You think there's geniuses in Seattle? There's no geniuses in Seattle. Seattle didn't just unlock Geno Smith. They gave him a chance. And they may have gave him a chance because they were trying to tank. But what happened when they gave them the legitimate chance? He balled out. And because he balled out, because he did his thing, right? They're in a better place. They were able to not have to go and get a quarterback. They were able to help the entire team with more pieces, more weapons. You let him go. 
You you ran Evan Ingram out of out of out of town because he doesn't catch every single ball. Yet when you look at his stats that he had in in, in Jacksonville this year, they're very similar to the stats that he had when he was a giant. The only difference is his quarterback's better now. Nobody's going to argue that Trevor Lawrence is not better than Daniel Jones. Nobody can argue that if you switch, if you switch quarterbacks and put Trevor Lawrence in this offense and Daniel Jones in that offense, that Trevor Lawrence wouldn't do just as good, if not better. He's bigger, he's faster, he's stronger, he's got a stronger arm, he's younger, he's had more success at the collegiate level, he looks better, his girlfriend looks better. What else you want? But you ran off Evan Ingram, and now he's happy in Jacksonville. By the way, they put the franchise tag on Evan Ingram and then signed him to a long-term deal. Why? Because Evan Ingram had value for that team. You ran him off. From the moment, from the moment people get here and you don't like them, you don't like how they roll, you run them off. Kadarius Tony, you, you, y'all, 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 diss them, disrespect them, awful towards them. And then you're mad when he leaves and he and he wins a championship on a team that actually got got it right. And he was an actual like legitimate part of the winning of the Super Bowl. And now y'all are mad because he's like, yeah, ha ha ha. Really? All you did was defecate on the dude the entire time he was here. Oh, he's getting hurt. Oh, he talks like this. Oh, he talks like that. Meanwhile, you've got other players who are on that same track. What are y'all going to say about Wondell Robinson when Wondell Robinson gets hurt this year? You're going to say the same thing about him that you said about Kendarius Tony. You're going to sour the you're going to sour the milk. He's going to go somewhere else. He's going to ball out. Who cares for how long? He's a weapon. You don't run off weapons. You don't run off weapons. You essentially emasculated Kenny Galladay. You emasculated him. Why? Because he wasn't healthy. Like it was his fault. Like he paid himself. Like y'all diss Kenny Galladay. Instead of dissing like the Giants and their decision makers, you did that too, but you let it go on Kenny Galladay. You started to defecate on Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay could never get it right. Why? His confidence was shot in the place. Let's see what he does this year. Let's see if he finds back that thing. You guys all, you guys all told us that Julian Love wasn't really a, like a, a, a legitimate piece. That we could lose him and be okay. Hey, Julian Love isn't that great. We could lose him and we'll be a fine. Let's find out. Let's find out if the other safeties that are out there that are all like 60s and 50s on Madden and, and 7s on, like, let's find out if they can elevate. But you already had him, he was homegrown. You drafted him. 
You're trying to run off your nickelback. Why? Because he's small. You don't like him because he's small. This is this is an epidemic. And now all of a sudden Saquon Barkley is not that great. Now all of a sudden Saquon Barkley can be replaced. Now all of a sudden Saquon Barkley is just another dude. I'm gonna give you a line. People out there saying they made hove. Made hove say, okay, so make another hove. Do not be surprised when Saquon Barkley does not report. He does not need your $10 million. He just made money. He's a good looking dude. I guarantee you he's making some endorsement money. It's not like you're paying him 20 million to show up. So saying, oh, he, he's not going to miss out on this 10 million this year. Really? I think he's going to see how you do without him. Let's just see how good you are, Giants, since I don't matter, since it's all about Daniel Jones and the short passing game, the crisp passing attack. Since it's all about that, prove it. And six to eight games into the season, I'll reevaluate. Think about it. It doesn't hurt him at all. If the Giants have success because they can't find him, right? Because he hasn't signed any contracts so he's not going to get fined money he's just not going to make money but he just made a bunch of money last year so if six to eight games in the giants are having success i'll just come in play the year out possibly maybe pull a hamstring tweak an ankle get my if the giants won't pay me then in my mind, if I'm Saquon, if the Giants won't pay me, then nobody else is going to really pay me. So now I'm into the part of my career at 26, 27, where I'm just trying to find a team that gives me the opportunity to maximize my potential for a discount because nobody's going to pay me what I feel I'm worth. I'm to that part now. So if I'm there, then there's no reason for me to come in for the 10 million. If I come in and make 5 million, but only had to play half the games to make it, cool. And if you franchise me next year for more money, that's the franchise tag I'll play under. I'll play under that franchise tag at 27. I'm not going to sign it until game one because you're not going to be able to hoard me for these other stuff and show up to all this other stuff where I wear my body down. No, 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 no. I'm going to sign it week one because it's a franchise tag, but I'll play underneath that tag for more money because that's going to be closer to what I want to make on a, on an annual basis anyway. Then year three, you're going to let me walk. Because you're not gonna you're not gonna franchise tag me for a third year. That money's ridiculous. You're gonna let me walk at 28 years old. You're gonna tell people I'm washed up. You're, the the media is gonna say I'm washed up at 28 years old. And then I'm gonna go to a, a team that actually has a chance to win a championship 
and I'm going to make them better. I'm going to make them better. I'm going to be the piece that gets them over the hump. And the records will show in, in the future, oh, well, this team won, and they didn't have a high-dollar a high, a high running back. But we will all know that that is a self-fulfilling prophecy because you decided that you weren't going to pay any running backs. So anytime a running back has success, you can say, oh, well, look, that running back didn't get a lot of money and they had success. But that's only because you all colluded and said we're no longer going to pay running backs. Imagine what you'd be able to do with your team if you didn't pay your quarterbacks. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene. Clemson do this thing a few times a week. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, but whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. If you're joining me on the YouTube channel, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. Hey, go out, make sure that you check me out, FCS, um, FCS Nation, the new website. I'll be doing columns over there on FCS, on the Southeast region. I've got a lot of teams. I, I, I am really looking forward to delving into the FCS like I've been doing in the past, but now you have a focused place to find it. Also, make sure that you check out those fantasy football um, columns that's coming soon as we're getting ready to gear up for the draft kit on the athletic. Make sure that you pick up the hard copy of the athletic fantasy football magazine. You'll see articles in me from there. And last but not least, continue to follow me in, in my writings for Giants Country. I really do enjoy covering the Giants. I, 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 I like what they're doing. But this Saquon thing does not sit well with me. And I'm not going to harp on it. This will probably be the last time you hear me say anything about it publicly. Because it's over now. What, what will be, will be. But I had to get it off my chest tonight. And I had to do it for you, the fans. So until next time, peace.